1: Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and folks on today's show, I'm not sure, Ron, we're doing potpourri of everything. <laughs> Talking about baseball, Ed. <laughs> Talking about baseball. Well, Ron, Ron, do you get ever nervous when you're doing the show?
2: No, I try not no. to
1: like but maybe maybe like when we first started the
2: oh yeah first guest uh deirdre yeah totally nervous yes yeah
1: yeah yeah and even thomas soul we had yeah. him on and even a couple of later guests that were or bigger names i will i'll get a little bit nervous when talking to them sure you know john stossel i think i was a little bit nervous for only
2: because we know that thomas soul Sowell- just would hang up on us oh yeah yeah well yeah. we were prepped we were, we were prepped warned. by that
1: by the the pa who is just yeah. like you know no if you, he doesn't he's just gonna hang up on you but, he doesn't you know. suffer
2: fools ask yeah. a dumb question and he'll hang up on you
1: <laughs> well i can tell you there's nothing more nerve-wracking than than being at a baseball game and your son is brought in to close the game
2: wow. yes
1: yeah uh, and bizarrely enough it wasn't actually like a regular close situation it was it was a tie situation because mm. in, in pool play, the way it works, Ron, is that you play three games against three other teams, but there's no it, it doesn't. But there can be ties. Mm, okay. And in this particular situation, he came in and he had to preserve the tie. It was a zero zero tie. So, <laughs> so, so he didn't get the win. He didn't get the loss. He, he got the tie. So it's a it's a really kind of weird situation. Half a win. We'll call it half a win. But man, I, I was I was nerve nervous, nervous, nervous. M- more nervous than I am going on stage to do anything. It's right. more nerve-wracking. I guess it's just a you know, you, when you're you are you are your kids out there and there's just absolutely nothing you can do.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, that's
1: funny. Anyway, we we do have some good stuff th- th- this week. I think the most important thing that we should probably talk a little bit about, Ron, is new sponsorship.
2: Yes. Very excited to have Melio with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they joined us and they've been very patient with us. To we've been, been trying to get out. We're gonna get the live commercial done next week because we've had some some challenges. But when you you and I returned from uh, scaling new heights, I don't know if we had COVID. Did you ever? Were you ever tested?
2: I never got tested. At I figured if I have it, if I don't, what's the difference? I feel like crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and my voice was really kind of scratchy. It was very strange though. I it, unlike a it wasn't like a head cold, a twenty four hour flu. It was unlike anything. Really strange. Just felt weird.
1: I just had the, I just had 24 hours of fevers and chills and that was it. And then it was done. It was very, very weird. Not even the same symptoms as you. So who knows? But anyway, but 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 I will say this, I was a little bit groggy the next week and and uh, probably not the best for us to have recorded the commercial with your voice and my groggy head. So uh, we've delayed that a little bit. And of course, I've been on the road this week with baseball. But our folks at Melio, we're really happy to have them with us. Uh, We're really, you know, fun, fun, interesting company. They, you know, handle mostly payments. They, they, mm-hmm. I love their tagline: "Think of all the businesses that yours supports, vendors, suppliers, contractors. Now imagine an easier and more flexible way to pay them for free, and that's Melio. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a pretty good, good tagline. If think. Of course, they were at Scaling New Heights. Had a chance to talk to them a little bit there.
2: Yep. And I just, I was on a town hall today with Joe Woodard and his group, with I don't know, a couple hundred people, and he did announce that Melio now is doing international payments. So yes, that, that was yes. kind of cool.
1: Yep. On their website announcing international payments. So we're, we're looking forward to that. It's by the way, it's Melio payments.com. For those of you who want to take a look at it, Melio payments and really, slash accountants slash accountants. Yes. For the for, for those of you who are in the, in, in, in the accounting uh, space. Absolutely.
2: Right. Right. So, so that's cool. So welcome Melio. Great welcome Melio. You.
1: Yeah. It is great to have you and they'll, they'll be with us. We'll probably get a, guests on in the next couple of weeks. So looking forward to that as well.
2: So Ed, we were at Scaling New Heights. Um, let's talk about what we talked about. <laughs> so Talk you did about some what we talked about. And I did some sessions. So tell us about your sessions.
1: Well, it was interesting, Ron, because the, the, the first session that I did was one of the, their breakfast sessions, which starts at, I don't know, 7 30 in the morning. So you get some 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 groggy people there, but 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 those who are there are are you know all in and ready Always. ready to go. And and I I did my session called in in uh, innovation beyond technology, which we did a show about that session uh, way back. Uh, can't can't exactly remember it. Must be three four years ago. But that is a fun session to do because it's a lot of behavioral economics. It's a lot of just thinking about what innovation is uh you know use the the, the line about uh, ideas having sex not not in right. a, not in a, a procreative standpoint but for in in the the idea that you're bringing two disparate things together oftentimes coming together and it's just a fun session to do and people really respond quite well to that i get a chance to play the shreddies ad too which always makes me happy
2: it's oh, hysterical it, it just it is such a broadening uh, conception of innovation you know we think of innovation we always think about tech the new iphone that's right i was just looking at the new apple laptops you know with their chip and but that is such a cool session to do because you bring in the language you bring in some of the framing and the arc choice architecture and things like that that you know those small things have huge impacts yeah. Perhaps my
1: favorite story, and I, I hope our listeners will cause I'm sure I told this on the episode previously, but it's just I, it's just one of the most amazing things I, I think of ever from a behavioral standpoint. And that is when the the I think it was the the National Health Service at in, in Britain wanted to expand the number of people who complete their course of antibiotic. Hmm. So I, they, so they, I came to, I think it was Ogilvy or one of the it, agencies, it was Ogilvy, it was it was Ogilvy, Ogilvy. And, and say, Hey, we need to do some kind of a, a big uh, national campaign to get people to finish their course of antibiotic. And I think Rory and his team came up with the idea of, well, how about instead of we do that, we'll just t- take the the pills and, and color the last one blue and change the prescription to be take the six white pills and then the blue pill. And right amazingly this somehow is significantly increases the number of people who complete the course of antibiotic. It's, it's um, just um, incredible that this, where this works. And the the notion is called chunking. It's breaking stuff down into, into smaller steps. And because you do that, we're more likely to complete the course because it's two press two step process. You got to do this, then that. And interestingly enough, I've tested this out. And I find that if I'm talking to my, some of my colleagues at Sage and or even folks that I'm working with and I'm, I'm trying to get something back from them, I will sometimes artificially break whatever I'm asking them for into a two-step process. Right. And I, you know, I haven't kept a spreadsheet on it or anything, Ron. I'm not an accountant, you know, but, or, but, but, I, but I, it just feels to me as if it's more likely that they complete the task on time when you break it into a two-step
2: process. It's just weird. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the basis for some of the project management, right? Like the issues mm-hmm. list and um, yeah, it, it makes so much sense. I know. And I remember you saying tech support does this all the time, you know, unplug the computer, yeah. wait 30 minutes, right? They, they have yeah. you do, do one thing at a time type of thing. And yeah, it, it's very effective actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty, pretty neat, neat thing. So, so I did that session. Uh, and then the second session that I did, well, you know, uh, uh, you should talk about your session first, because my, uh, mine is, in a sense, was a response to the one that you did on subscription.
2: Yeah, you know, but you, what what you said about uh, the <clears throat> Ogilvy with the pills, that brings up a really good point. Ed, and we can talk about this as part of what okay. I talked about with subscription. But I just wanted to emphasize, you know, NHS came to Ogilvy and said, oh, we want to do public service announcements on radio, TV, magazines, newspaper. I mean, this is classic advertising scope of work, right? How many pages per million cost per million, you know, we're going to pay for this and run ads and create these ads and blah, blah, blah. And they didn't do any of that. They said, no, no, that's not the right way to do this. You do this instead, you change the color of the pills. And it just shows you that the value is not always in selling your hands and and, and stacking up services brick by brick. It's sometimes, no, it, actually rethinking the whole problem and say, what are we trying to achieve here? Is there a better way to do it? And I, you know, I don't know how they charged for that. My guess is hourly. But uh, they created a ton of value, even mm-hmm. more than they would have with a bunch of scope of work that would have kept a team busy for six months probably.
1: Oh no, and solved a very real societal problem because it, it, when, when you don't complete the course of antibiotic, like, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself from, from way back when, I now know better and I don't do that, but what you, would, you would start to feel better after day oh. three or day four <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'll save the rest of the pills for another time. And then of course what happens is, is then yes, you usually beat the infection, but because you don't knock it out quickly enough, you pass on those bacteria, which are the strongest ones. The strongest those ones. are the, the, the to, the to ones other, other people. To this point. That's yeah. right. And then it requires stronger and stronger antibiotics in the in subsequent generations for people to knock it out. And this is a this very big deal. So so you know, the value of this is, is priceless because we're talking about human life here.
2: Yep. You know? It's a never end, ending, escalating war. <laughs> yeah. As the doctors yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. It's really wild. Yeah. But But anyway um i guess the first session i did was just uh it was it was titled time's up same as my forthcoming book and um it was just an introduction to uh the subscription model and i really borrowed heavily from obviously concierge medicine dpc introduced dr paul didn't find any of his patients in my crowd but um (laughs) uh, but 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 what i started with ed and i think i started almost every session with asking folks because i deeply curious about this question. Why'd you enter the, the profession? Now, some people were quite blunt and said money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Some said security, you know, I get that. You'll always be employable. No matter Mm -hmm. where you live, there's going to be a demand for accounting and financial professionals and all that. But largely people say help people. And, and, and they say exactly that to help people. Mm -hmm. And, I say, well, this model is the best we have found so far that aligns that purpose to what you create and how you create it and how you monetize it. No question. In other words, it's the best business model to align all those incentives and started to explain that and started to explain the delinking between being transactional versus relational, um, why we like the DPC model so much. and it really dawned on me, talking about that for a while, um, that I don't think even you and I appreciate how radical the DPC docs are. Paul Tom and Dr. Paul, he, he, this guy—he's a radical. There's no other. There's no other term. He's a radical. Mm-hmm. They are changing the way healthcare is delivered mm-hmm. and even monetized, and they're democratizing it. They are absolutely pioneers mm-hmm. at the forefront of what could be, uh, you know, big, big, not solving problems in that space, but certainly make improving things tremendously. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. that really dawned on me for some reason. It just really slapped me over the head and go, wait, and we talked to Dr. Paul because he's so nice. And it's was like, this guy's a radical. He's Henry Ford. Looking at the buggy whip going, no, no, that kind of sucks. I think I have something better in my shop down here. Yep.
1: No, so true. So true. But Ron, we are up against our first break. Want to remind you that you can get hold of Ron or me by sending that email to ask TSOE at Verisage.com. Of course, we do have our Patreon page, patreon.com slash TSOE, where you can listen to the show commercial free, as well as get our bonus episodes, which we record most often right after the show. If you do become a Patreon member at a certain level, you can get a shout out like Geraldine Carter did at smart strategy for CPAs podcast. Find that at she thinks big She com. But right now, a word from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America.
3: Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download. Oh, Oh my, fraud.
0: fraud. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. we're tuned into the soul of enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise
2: well welcome back everybody we're talking about oh, all sorts of stuff ed but uh we were talking about what we were doing at scaling new heights and i was talking about the first session i did on introducing the subscription model and how we kind of look at the doctors as, as a model because they've been doing it since 1996. So we have some empirical evidence that this model works. And um, the other thing that I found really resonated with people uh, besides why do you enter the profession was, well, if it's to help people, how can you help people if you have a 1,000 customers or 2,000 or 3,000, you know, and you're breaking your back? I mean, how how deep and impactful can your relationships be? And kind of getting back to that idea of don't confuse being busy with being impactful or profitable or on purpose. And I think that's what the subscription model gives us. So it it seemed to really resonate with people that it's really about the relationship. And this puts that front and center.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So good stuff. Well, in response to you doing your a session on subscription, I had one that was was also on subscription and a l- little bit surprised that that we had us both at the same conference. I don't know who who came in first, but they, you know, let, let it, well, I guess we're we're understanding, but a lot of the folks who went to your session had planned on coming to mine. So what what I, I figured I would do is rather than repeat some of the material that you did because I was going to talk about Dr. Paul as well and, and some of the John Murillo, not nine different models, etc. I, I pivoted to moving off the solution because I still think that the value conversation has got to be had regardless of, of, of what type of pricing you're using. Um, and, and I really think that for, for the professions, it, it's, it's almost better to have some kind of value conversation regardless, even if you begin to incorporate that into your marketing effort itself, so where, the, where, you, where your offer is, in fact, the value conversation. But we can talk more a little bit about that in a second. I will say this though Ron and 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 having the opportunity to speak to the Scaling New Heights audience most of whom had who had heard of me because we, they were fans of the show so thank you guys who were there for listening to the show but many of them re- really didn't hear any of the stuff that we have done with regard to value conversations and move off the solution and boy did this material resonate I had an hour and a half no it was a 100 hundred minutes it was a 100 minute session So an hour and 40, and I must've spent at least half of it, 50 minutes on moving off the solution and the value conversation. Mm. And it was just, it was, it was really fun to see folks, you know, this is one of those typical light bulbs going off for people because I start with the whole, you know, hi, my name is Ed and I'm a recovering solutionist. Right. And... (laughs) And, ex- and explain the story is that you know because uh, I made the these huge mistakes this is what led me to the you know first of all find some of uh, some of the, the the your work um and and then you know because it was just it made no no sense that my customer in the particular story that i tell it made four million dollars one year because of a report that i was able to to give them and right. you know i i made sixty thousand on the implementation not that that i i I, I I was um, envious of it. I just said, hey, this just doesn't make any sense.
2: Right. That, so, yeah. I remember that yeah. story. That's the crystal report that you wrote for the guy. It is. We gave it to him.
1: Yep. I had to oh, yeah, I, we can I, do that. I yeah. did it during the demo. That right. was the whole, that's, yeah. that's the whole point of it is I wanted to show off my prowess. And I think that this is one of the messages that people take away from this is because they do a lot of this mm-hmm. account, the, the accountants and, and bookkeepers will, when, when they have a, a prospective customer, they will, they, will, they will talk and talk and talk and tell them well, all of the great ideas that they have. And they're basically giving away their stuff, their best stuff right at the beginning. And it's a huge mistake. It's a, but we ha- you have to move off the solution for a couple of reasons. Most notably, and I always drive this point home, is what if the value is nothing to them? What if the, the value to the customer is nothing that, you know, most people think that value pricing and even the, the, the alt Ron Baker uh, uh, Twitter account that sprung up for a while that no longer is, first of all, you are not funny. If you're listening to this, you are not funny, but um, they, they, this, this, this person didn't get it because they were, it was clear. It was like the value pricing to them was all about charging the maximum price that you possibly could ext- extracting what you could from the customer. And that's not at all. What it's about it's about having this value conversation so that you understand well if the value is not there i'm not going to do anything right. even if they think they want something it's not there so move off the solution being the first step and then then of course the, the the meat of the material is the mahan khalsa five golden question stuff you know um how do you measure it what is it now what do you want to be what's the value of the difference and over what period of time which just It really helps people understand that, yes, I can get to some kind of a numeric value. Oh, and then I always throw in, in my, I've been doing this for about, I guess, a year and a half, maybe two years now, a bonus sixth question, which is, is it cash, Mm. cash or non-cash? So Dr. Reginald Lee's bonus question for value, (laughs) cash or non-cash. Right.
2: <clears throat> I love it. that's good. You know, what's interesting, uh, thinking about that value conversation I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's part of the diagnostic. It's part of, can we even, you know, uh, begin to serve what you, what you need done or, or what you're trying to achieve. Can we help with that? But I've been thinking that more, thinking about that more in terms of, in the subscription model, I think they're transformation conversations because if you've got the subscriber already they've already made that decision that pricing decision's done it's another mm-hmm. great thing about that subscription model is you only have to make that decision once i mean i realize it renews every month and people can cancel at any time but bottom line is if you've signed up for it you know unless something catastrophically goes wrong you're going to stick with it so i'm thinking more about how do we have regular and, and maybe on some type of cadence whether it's business, Whether it's weekly or monthly or quarterly or whatever, but how do we have transformation conversations? In other words, what are we going to help you do next? What's mm-hmm. your next big goal? Um,
1: yeah, and but- that's you know one because one of the questions I think, and in fact, I know we have talked about it on 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 this show that I I've encouraged people to start using in the past. I would say six or eight months is, and this this works by the way for accountants, bookkeepers, people in the technology space. I would even think to a certain extent, it might even work for some lawyers, but, but it's, what are the business decisions that your company needs to make Mm -hmm. in the next six, six months or so, you know, pick, pick some time period. What are the business decisions that you need to make? And I, but people are just reporting back that that is just great conversations to have people. Cause it's, it's not like, what's your strategy? You know, and that, right, I think that, right. that throws people off, you know, you what keeps you up at night? What yeah. keeps you up at night? What's right. your strategy? Uh, and people, we don't have a strategy. We wing it, you know, which what are your SWAT What's your, let's talk <laughs> yeah. about SWAT Let's talk about your SWOT analysis. no what are the, what are the, what are the decisions that you need to make in the next six months? And, and I think people, it's a thought provoking question. People need time to to answer it. It's not something that they usually come up with quickly, but, and you should, should even, if you use this question, make sure that you give the person time and say, you, you don't have to answer me right away. I just, it just, maybe we have a, a follow-up conversation about that. Once you've had some time to think about it because and, uh, well, because what's, what's interesting about it, of course, certainly from an accountant's and probably even a bookkeeper perspective, what you can see is, well, it aren't, aren't you going to be able to provide and help with making a better decision? Like, isn't that what you do <laughs> to provide at least some of that insight and data, especially from a financial modeling standpoint in order to make an evaluation on that decision. So, you know, it, it, it ends up being something right in the wheelhouse, but it's not necessarily even intentional
2: for that. Right. Right. I also like, isn't it another block question? What crossroads do you find yourself at?
1: What I is bet. the crossroads mm-hmm. that you find it, yourself at?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a really profound question too. But that's a real deep one, actually.
1: It is a deep one, and what I find with that, and I'm so this is interesting. We and I think we may have talked about this when we talked about our how versus what matters show a way back. I, I made two adjustments to the block questions. The uh, yeah. and one was changing the the what is the price I'm willing to pay to what is the value the value yeah. right. And then the other one was changing the crossroads to what is the decision that I need to make. I've gone back to crossroad <laughs> mm, mm. because I I I I I think I was wrong on that. I think the, the decision one is good. It's it's a it's a better general question. But if you really want to have the deeper question, crossroad broadens the horizon more because it's a it's a word you don't hear a lot in business. No, not at all. People That's do the- not.
2: Yeah. That's the yeah. Yogi Bear, and you had what, what it is the Yogi Bear. <laughs> we the Yogi... earth, the fork in the road, <clears throat> take it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: But, 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 and you know, the other, the other, the one that I, that you know, block lo- loves, and I, I've, I've used more and more. I think the more mature I get in my, my consulting is what are the gifts that you bring to this? Mm-hmm this, 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 this implementation, this decision, what are the gifts you bring that when you start talking about gifts with people in business, they freak out. <laughs>
2: and, and that's such a more powerful word than value. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's it's like, Hey, if I can, if I can bring gifts to this, I'll contribute, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, yeah, I like that a lot. You know, another thing that was interesting and this goes back to your innovation without tech, mm-hmm. uh, course, but you know, I, I showed the, um, We talk about the Warner Earhart quote, you know, all all transformations are linguistic. You want to change the conversation, change the language. And so we have that. You and I, over the past few years, have been building this table, the language that is used in hourly billing, value pricing, and subscription. And on the AICPA town hall yesterday, I got a really interesting, insightful question about hourly billing. We talk about time capacity right Mm -hmm. it's all about people power and hours blah 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 in value pricing we talked about adaptive capacity and that's the triple seven model and how where are you going to put the bulkheads and how much you're going to have for first class and business class and in subscription we talk about emotional capacity and people said well what what what's going on what's what's that it's like well that gets back to the number of customers that you have and that you think you can adequately service at a really high professional deep meaningful impactful way and if you have too many your, your emotional capacity is out of whack no matter what you do and it could go back to that you know the two-hour conversation you have in the morning and then you're done for the day because mm-hmm. you're just spent right I mean we're knowledge workers that happens more than I think we're willing to admit
1: I agree I agree Well, we are up against our next break already, Ron. As usual, it's flying by, so hit the the bingo card on the flying by. Want to remind you that we do have our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash TSOE, where, again, you can see our show or listen to our show, I'm sorry, commercial-free, as well as our bonus episodes. That channel is sponsored by 90 Minds. Find a mind at 90minds.com. But right now, a word from our sponsors. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Back on the soul of Enterprise talking about various and sundry items that Ron and I have come across including our new sponsorship with Melio payments milio slash accountants we really are happy to have them aboard and Ron you were, you were talking about the, the the language chart that you made and you, you talked about the the, 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 the shift from uh, people capacity to the the uh, capacity um, variable capacity on the on, uh, adaptive capacity and then finally emotional capacity. And one of the, the, the stories that I tell when I talk about that topic of emotional capacity is an interesting one that I came across, I think five or six years ago that the New York times, the, the, the business area of the New York times, not the, not the people who are writing headlines and news and all that stuff, but the, the, the business fo- folks at the New York times, they have a rule where they do not make decisions after lunch. Decisions are always made in morning meetings. Or will they? They'll gather together in the morning and say, All right, "We'll need to make that decision now." They might have meetings in the afternoon, but they will always defer the final decision until the next mm-hmm. day. And, and the idea is uh, similar uh, to this concept of uh, emotional capacity: is that the, the as we go through our day, we our our capacity for decision making gets weaker and weaker, and they they find that that where they believe that that you're more likely to make a poor decision later on in the day than you are earlier in the day. And now I don't know whether that's necessarily true, but it makes sense in the long run. I mean, you know, the, it, this is why that fourth tequila at night is a really bad decision. <laughs> right. Since your decision
2: that, tree arrived. Yes. Yeah. My, my decision uh,
1: tree has gone awry right. here, but you know, that, that likely has to do with, with alcohol consumption previously too, but you remember that's all building up. It's all part of that 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 you're you make poorer and poorer decisions as the day moves on and it was it's very quaint victorian kind of thing right because we used to call it willpower Mm. because we we, people would go on diets and like well i i lost my willpower yeah when did you lose it you lose it first thing in the morning and have the donuts no i lost it at 10 o'clock at night standing in front of the pantry and started shoving oreos in my face nice right Yep. And it's not that you are any more hungry at that point. In fact, you're probably less hungry than you were in the morning, but you just had more willpower, capacity to make better decisions. So,
2: yeah, I think there's that's a, interesting. A... I mean, it's interesting whether or not that's how is that universal? I mean, does it vary yeah. tremendously by individual? But yeah, I can I, I remember a doctor, um, my surgeon, he wanted to operate on me and he couldn't get an OR because they had lots of trauma cases coming in. That weekend, all the ORs were booked, and he said, "Well, he says I I can probably get an OR, but he says you're not going to like it." It's like 2 a.m., and after I said, "Doc, if you want to do it, let's do it, no problem," but then I thought I was thinking about it. Do you really want a guy operating you on a Saturday night at 2 a.m.? But he did it, and it just that always stuck in my mind. Yeah, that can't be his optimal time to do surgery
1: no but maybe but maybe he's a napper because i've also heard that people who do do napping uh will have better afternoons
2: so churchill uh einstein Mm -hmm. edison Mm -hmm. they were all nappers
1: yeah yeah which le- leads us to a quick story that came across my my stack, and which is a, a, a the, about I don't know if you picked up on this, but someone posted on the Verisage site. I think it was Richard Smith about about uh f- fir- firms that, that 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 are calling people back to the office, and one of the complaints is is that people are like, but I but I like my power nap now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, doesn't Google have those sleeping pods for that very yeah. reason to give people a chance to take a power nap? Power naps, have, I think, been per- pretty well proven to be pretty darn effective mm-hmm. I, I don't know yeah. i think i think the spaniards and i don't know if the italians do this anymore but maybe some parts of the country do but the whole siesta mm-hmm. that makes total sense to me yeah close
1: down I, from three to four o'clock or whatever, three to five
2: it, yeah yeah I, we're we're designed to sleep after we eat mm-hmm. i'm almost convinced of that yeah interesting Oh, so, anyway <laughs> um, another thing Ed that got people uh, going on that table with the word changes uh, just remembered this one too you know in, in hourly billing any customer any hour is a good good customer good hour right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we went to value pricing and we said no no chase the right customer you can't there's no way to value price the wrong customer so make sure you get the right customer on board whereas in the subscription model and I'm indebted to Paul Dunn for this but it's about choosing customers Mm. and boy the dpc docs prove themselves again i don't think they take all comers Mm -hmm. they must have a screening device you know um that they use so i i don't know i just love that though choosing customers
1: Well, and that, which, which brings me back to something that I did talk about at Scaling New Heights. It was part of my keynote presentation, which is the, the Peter Block question about which, which of these three best describes the relationship you're looking for with a consultant. And that is a pair of hands, an expert or a Mm -hmm. collaborative partner. And and we talked to Peter Block about this night. I I introduced to say that I used to put a triangle out there so that people would put a dot in the triangle. So not have to answer the question, just, you know, one or the other, but you know, where in the triangle does it, does, does it most occur? And I, I you know, I personally think that, that as a consultant, I, I, I would turn down. In fact, I know one consulting firm that was around for a while, unless, unless it was close, really close to the collaborative partner, they said, no, that was they their screening that. device. Mm. It, Cause they're like, we, we do not want to be viewed as a pair of hands. We do not want to be viewed as, as an expert, and and that's all they want from us. That's not how we operate best. By the way, there is nothing wrong with pair of hands and experts sure. and that type of relationships. Absolutely zero wrong with that. There's not, nothing moral. It's just a I think a question that that from a, a an individual standpoint, you have to decide which of those three do you work better in as the as the consultant. And you know, I have this very broad definition of consulting. I mean, just about anything. Uh, doctors are consultants. Lawyers are consultants. Uh, And I think there's also, it's, it's also a firm strategy question because Mm -hmm. you might, you might, if you have an overwhelming majority of individuals in the firm who do not feel comfortable in one or more of those roles, well, then it's really silly for you as a firm to take on customers who that's what they're looking for, you know, far better off to refer them to somebody else who is wanting that particular thing. And I, I I think, so again, I think that that's a real, a real good, uh, uh, framing device or, or, or I'm sorry, a screening device for, uh, professionals. And regardless, if, even if you're like pair of hands engagements, you know, that's, it's still a great screening device.
2: Sure. Sure. No, that makes, that makes total sense. I love that. Um, that's the other thing that's really hit, hit me ed and, and teaching this more and more is people. And it's so typical because it happened during the transition from hourly to value pricing, people would just pounce on the pricing. Well, how do I price this? How do I price that? How you know, blah, blah, blah. And now when you talk to them about subscription, well, how would I price this, you know, whether it's the one off or, you know, whatever it is, people pounce on the pricing, you know, like I had a question about, well, I do I have, you know, some $50 million customers, I have some, uh, you know, some that are less than 10 million, I have some that are startups. And it's like, how do I price that? It's like, I got news for you. I hate to say this, but that's not a pricing issue. That's a strategy issue. Mm-hmm. Are, are you going to be Ruth Chris? You're going to be McDonald's Are you going to be a vegan restaurant? You're trying to be all three. That ain't going to work. I don't care what your business model is. I don't care what your pricing model is. That's not mm-hmm. going to work. Mm-hmm. You've got to put pricing last. Strategy and positioning come first and it's going to require, something. Tim Williams talks about this, it's going to require some brutally tough, trade-offs you're going to have to shed things you you know because you can't be all things to all people it's all about that whole focus and hp versus apple and number of skus
1: Fast, good or cheap too. factors in there too right it's like absolutely make two out of three (laughs) Fast, good or
2: cheap and people want to jump right to the pricing and try and squeeze it into whatever fits their their customer base and it's like no no you, you got to work on the strategy and positioning first
1: well, it's worse than that, Ron. It's not even what fits into their customer base. It, what's what's fits into the current customer that they're proposing to right now?
2: Yeah, that that yeah, it's very tactical. And it's and it's
1: all over. It's all over the place. It's it's not strategic at all. That's the issue. Is that it's okay? I have this p- prospective customer right now, and they want it fast and good.
2: Yeah. You know. So true. So. Anyway, that's just another thing that, that has been really striking me, and just how important uh, Tim Williams' work is yes. on positioning and strategy. And um, boy, when you got that figured out, everything's so much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Agreed. easier to price for Apple than HP. Um, the other thing that has been really resonating uh, is is this idea of, of Walt's idea, Walt Disney's idea of plussing. You know, the idea that you can't go to the market with a common offering. And expect to command uncommon prices. If you go to the market with what everybody else is going to the market with, you're going to get paid what the market says you're worth. I, there, there's no. You think about the businesses that have uncommon pricing, you know, meaning premium pricing in our language, anyway. And you know, I think about Nordstrom, Disney, FedEx, you know, Lexus. You go down the list, and they all have uncommon offerings at a really high standard and we, we got to get, get better. This model is, I think, forcing us to get better. Somebody else asked me, do you really think subscription is going to become ubiquitous within the professional accounting or professional space? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know. I said, probably not. But for the ones that do it, it's going to up their game and they're going to be the new exemplars out there. They're going to be the new DPC docs and the concierge docs that are really blazing a trail uh of a better future for the profession as a whole but no doubt will it be, will it be ubiquitous probably not but doesn't matter but doesn't much does it matter, does it, does it matter? <laughs> i know it doesn't it, to me it, the, it, the that, fact that it's out there the fact yeah. that it's out there is and and it's an option is what validates it well
1: which mind. is why we, we we more agree with angenza than we do with teen so on that which is right. is the, the the fact that that there's going to be an option is it, you're going to have to take that in consideration even if you're not going to do do it, subscription-based it, pricing it,
2: it reminds me of the uh oklahoma surgery center ed everything now is that standard even i go to some hospitals websites and you kind of see the same type of diagram of the human body you know mm. and they they're trying to do the same thing well that's because you know that outfit changed the model yeah and they and they demonstrated that it works and that there's a demand for it because it saves the customer time and hassle and all of that so yeah yep
1: Well, absolutely. Well, Ron, up against our last break, I want to remind you that you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course the website is the soul of enterprise where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows except for this week where we didn't do a preview sorry about that folks um and uh, the, just so you know uh, greg trico was diligent in reminding us but we we really made a game time audible call on this one next week however and we can talk maybe, maybe more about this in, at, at the end but i just want to remind folks that we are talking to david bonson next week we've already had that conversation and that is available on our patreon channel and it has been for the past four or five weeks so if you want to get a hold of that ahead of time Join our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash TSOE. But now a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
3: me plug Ron and Ed's book which totally makes sense like the Diamond Water paradox. go to patreon.com/tsoe and subscribe today please for the love of God make it stop Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. what if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcast and download Oh, oh my, my Fraud. fraud.
0: You are tuned into the Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag #AskTSOE. Now back to the Soul of Enterprise.
1: Back on the Soul of Enterprise, handing all our potpourri of stuff that's in our our bag. But Ron, you know, one of the things that we usually do on these shows is read reviews that people leave for us, and we haven't had any so this is our, our our pitch plea our shameless plug to go out to rate slash tsoe rate slash tsoe where you can guess what Rate This Podcast. That's what you can do at ratethispodcast.com slash TSOE. Next week, Ron, our guest is David Bonson. And as I mentioned before the break, he has already graciously been on the show. In fact, I was traveling for that one as well. I recorded that one in uh, in, in Houston, I believe. I'm, I'm coming to from Fort Myers, Florida today. Uh, but just to, to let people know, we are reading his book, or his. you can read his book, There's No Free Lunch, 250 Economic Truths. That will be the balance of the conversation that we have from him. It's available on Kindle for 10 bucks. So an easy get there, especially for those of you who are on Kindle, but go out and read that. Um, My son, Sean is reading it right now as part of his summer reading program for school and just loves it. It's really, it's Bonson quoting 250 different quotes about economics and then providing his commentary about them.
2: And uh, it's, it's it's quite a good book. It is. It really is. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And he was a great, uh, great guest to have on. That reminds me how we got some other guests coming up. I just want to, uh, talk about really quick on the 29th of this month, we're going to talk for the fourth time to my favorite Chris Strickland. Uh, he's got a new book out aiming higher, I think. Um, and we're going to be talking to him about that. It's a book that he wrote with, I believe three or four other fighter pilots. Uh, and it's all about leadership. Um, and of course, from a military perspective. So that's really interesting, especially with Maverick doing so well at the box office, as we've yeah. been talking about. Um, and then we have Andrew Stutterford from National Review, who's gonna be on in August, and he's gonna we're gonna be talking to him about ESG and wokeism, and he's he's been covering that whole beat at National Review for their Capital Matters, along with David Bonson. So I'm really looking forward to talking to Andrew. And then we have um, Kevin Smoot coming up in August as well. This is an accountant, Ed, who saw me at QuickBooks. I I forget the year, I believe it was 17, it was pre-COVID. He went back to his firm and he just moved everything to, um, it was either value pricing or subscription. I can't remember. I think it was value pricing actually. Um, and I, I, he came up to me at a conference that I recently spoke at and he was there and he told me this story and I said, Kevin, we got to get you on. You got to tell your story. So, um, I just love talking to people who went to a conference and then went back and just transformed everything. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I wonder how many people are out there that have done that, that we don't hear from. I've, I've been fortunate to hear from a lot of them as have you too. Um, but when you hear these stories, they're just so inspirational because how how many people have the guts just after attending a conference and uh, one session at a conference and going back and changing everything, you know, how they do things.
1: It, and it really belies the fact that people the, the, of the other folks who who are like oh, i don't know how i'm going to do this and you know and because it doesn't matter the size of the organization sometimes these are smaller firms sometimes they're medium firms you know that no they're not top 100s that do it by coming to one conference session i get that but it it really doesn't matter the size of the organization. It's just, it's really more about the personality of the, of the, of the business owner who's just like, no, we're going to shift. This is the right thing to do. And I think it's more about that. I, I think it's more about a moral issue. Hence our, our show title, the soul of enterprise people just know, this is a better way for us and for the people that we serve.
2: Right. And I think that's my big takeaway, uh, from, uh, trying to convey this message about subscription because we've been very frank about our, our, how our language is constrained with this model. We don't have the perfect words yet and all of that. But I keep asking people, we say the relationship is at the center. We say the relationship is everything, but look what we're monetizing. We're monetizing the transactions. We're monetizing. Is this a better way? And if the answer to that is yes, then you know what? All the issues that you're bringing up about one-offs and this and that, and it's, you know what? It's the plumbing. We'll figure it out. We figured it out with value pricing. It took a while. I didn't Mm -hmm. have all the answers. I didn't have the tip clause. I didn't have the options. I didn't have all the stuff that we have now. And that's where we are with subscription. We don't have all the answers, but we're groping with the right questions. And that will lead to the answers. I'm I'm convinced of that. To coin a phrase around the answer to how is yes 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 <laughs> absolutely how do we
1: do this you just do it just do it just just do it
2: <laughs> and the other thing that's really exciting is um that you know joseph pine uh idea from the experience economy book and we interviewed joe pine uh just about transformations and how powerful that language is and how we're we're you know i, I used the example of of starbucks reserve starbucks reserve right which is really cool right it's you've been there i haven't yet but um you know very expensive they have really cool things i mean they've plussed the starbucks experience Mm -hmm. but you know thinking about that ed they're still tied to a product they're Mm -hmm. still tied to a physical offering a professional that uses their minds rather than their hands We're not tied. We're not constrained by anything. We're not constrained by a set of tires. We're not constrained by a fleet of of Porsche models. We're not constrained by anything tangible. And that just opens up a plethora of opportunities for us to provide these transformations. And I do think that's the right language to use to convey the highest value, just like Pine lays it out in the book. Like
1: I'm just full of quotes today, Ron. Like there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Some, I've heard that before.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have too. So anyway, those are some of the big ideas that have been resonating with people. And I think as we just go out and keep pounding the, let's get back to the root of why we enter the profession and all of that, I, I, I think it's starting to resonate. So it's gonna be really interesting to see if there's a faster adoption curve here than there was with value pricing. My sense is yes. I've My sense is yes to too. I yeah. get that sense
1: I, as well too. It, I think it's 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 take taking off already. But you know what's also cool, Ron? You've got a new book coming out in <laughs> November. In November, I'm gonna yeah. give, give give some plugs for this. So if you go to the thesoulofenterprise.com/slash times up or even verisage.com/slash times up, it'll take you to our page where you can order the book, pre order the book send a copy of the receipt in and you're going to be included in a club uh, for the book launch which is going to be happening sometime in November we have a tentative date i believe the 18th is that correct Ron November 18th
2: it's 18th or 19th from 18th or 19th
1: yeah. uh we're going to we're we're going to have some calls that are available for for those um, if you are a member of our patreon uh, that you've already know this by the way because i sent an email out to you but you can either want do one of two things either join the book club but by pre-buying the book Time's up, uh, soul of slash time's up, and send us the receipt. Or just go to our Patreon channel and join at the bonus me level or higher. And you'll be included in these conversations as well that we will be having with Ron and his co author, Paul Dunn, both. During the launch, the day of the launch, and then two or three months after the launch as well. So that's going to be some exciting stuff. Really look f- forward to that. Uh, I, I believe that my yours truly will be serving as the moderator for those conversations. So I get to really have some time off Ron, because I'm just gonna, you know, take questions and ask them if you and Paul.
2: And and then I just get to ask Paul questions. So it's even <laughs> better. So that's even awesome. better. Well, Ed, what do we have coming up next week? I know you already said it, but let's say it again.
1: As aforementioned, yes, we have we're having David Bonson on. His book is "There's uh, There's No Such Thing as a Free Lunch," uh, available on, on Amazon. Two hundred and fifty economic truths. Uh, well, I'll see you in one hundred and fifty-seven hours, sixty-seven hours, Ron. This has been the soul of enterprise business in the knowledge economy sponsored by Sage building experiences that connect, remove friction, deliver insights. Next week on our show, we have David Bonson. Join us at Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. But in the meantime, please feel free to visit us at www. of enterprise.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows.